in the old days, if you were an expert, people were calling you because they needed information. You can't leave a voicemail anymore like, we're the best at what we do, or I'm an expert in email marketing. People don't care. So if you're leaving those kind of messages for people, they really don't resonate. That's Vincent Turco. So I work for Penguin Strategies. I'm director of sales. Penguin is a platinum partner of HubSpot with offices in EMEA and also the U.S. Last month, Vincent helped Penguin Strategies generate 25 qualified first sales appointments. And we're not talking appointments with mom and pop type shops either. We're talking with real, legitimate businesses. So how did Vincent do it? That's the question. That's what I asked Vincent to share with us today. Vincent's not only going to talk about the philosophy of how he's generating these appointments, but also the real nitty gritty. He's going to share activity metrics, what his funnel looks like, what kind of sound bites and email scripts he's using, and what he's finding to be most successful. Hey guys, David Winehouse here, and today we're going to be talking all about proactive prospecting. Proactive prospecting is about prospecting to generate new opportunities for our agency without being spammy. So before we hear more from Vincent, let's uh, let's talk prospecting a little bit. So saw an interesting stat the other day from Moz that less than 10% of agencies will actually prospect for new business. So what do you think? That's not actually a lot. I was a little bit surprised by the statistics. But on second thought, it does make a lot of sense. Most folks didn't get into the agency business so that they could go out and prospect. They got into the agency business so they could go out and help their clients market. Knowing that, it is a fair point that prospecting is not the right solution for every agency. So for instance, let's say you're really good at public speaking and you, a lot of, you get a lot of leads that way. Maybe you're a super networker, or you're involved with a lot of associations. Um, maybe your website's kicking butt. So maybe you're generating a bunch of SQLs from your website. If that's the case, prospecting is probably not gonna be your cup of tea. However, for a lot of agencies, prospecting is a really meaningful way to drive business. One of the things I love about prospecting is that we control the beginning of the process. We don't have to wait for our phone to ring or for our website to light up. Uh, we can pick out the accounts we wanna target. We can choose when and how to get in touch with them. And although it sometimes is challenging, uh, we can make it less challenging and it's a very viable channel to drive new business. So uh, as a director of sales, I'm, I'm really tasked with not only finding good quality prospects and customers to talk to, but, you know, t tell them, bring, in, bring a message to exactly what Penguin does, what our specialty is in the sector, uh, of course, inbound marketing, all our services. Uh, we just bought uh, a new agency, a website development agency. So it's part evangelizing, but it's also part solution selling and selling uh, uh, results for our clients. So back us up a little bit. Where are those opportunities going to come from mm -hmm. for Penguin? Good. So in our case, we're we're pretty focused. We're tight. We have like three or four verticals that we go after. So uh, for us, that's worked really well. Why? Because um, you know we become identified with it with uh, let's say tech. So that's telecom, uh, security, cloud, also telecom. Um, so the idea is that you have this huge palette. I mean, huge number. I think the number of IT companies in the United States is around 42,000 right now in the in the famous HubSpot CRM database. So what our challenge is, is really narrowing it down to key targets, 
uh, putting them through a couple of uh, key tests. I call them okay. a sniff test. You know, whether the right size, uh, we check out, you know, what their product set is, et cetera, and also what their content needs are, because that's our key focus is writing tech content and driving uh, leads for tech companies. So notice something here. Vincent talks about being tight. And when he talks about that, he's talking about targeting. Specifically, Penguin Strategies targets by vertical, and they have three or four of them, including telecom, security, and cloud. So whether we target by vertical or we figure out another way to target, whether it's geographically or maybe by a service line specialty, it's really important to do that. Otherwise, we just end up competing against everybody. So we have four elements that make for a successful prospecting attempt. We're going to highlight each one as we go through. Targeting is the first. Interesting. Now, Vincent, by and large, do these leads already exist in your opt-in uh, database or are you sourcing them from other places? What's kind of the mix for you guys? Well, the mix is probably more on the on the uh, sourcing side. In other words, we do get uh, we do generate a lot of leads. OK, that come through on our traditional means. You know, somebody downloads an ebook, somebody comes to our website, et cetera, and we follow up that lead mm -hmm. traditionally. But no, I have to go out and we've purchased lists from databases we use. For instance, I use religiously the HubSpot CRM for prospecting. Um, so I'm constantly looking and driving a list of prospective clients from the outside world. So it's really cold. It's really, uh, you know, creative and, you know, okay. in terms of that sense. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I want to put this to you as well, Vincent. So we're an inbound firm, right? HubSpot's inbound. Penguin's an inbound agency. We get some leads. Penguin gets some leads inbound, but there are some leads that we are sourcing as well. How do you kind of square that? You know, because I call it, what is it? Um, outbound, inbound. I love okay. to talk, you know, I love that. And why? Because, look, there are customers out there that don't know that they need your services yet. We can't possibly, with the, with the kind of noise that's out there on the web, be talking to every one-to-one -one person out there that, that needs our service on a timely basis. A lot of it is timing, right? So we have to go out and hunt. We have to go out and find logical, you know, customers that fit. Now let's hear a little bit more about how Penguin Strategies targets. Well, when we talk about target, sometimes I kind of back into it. So for instance, I may get an alert that a certain company just raised a new round of 20 million, that triggers me to looking into that company if it's not already in my database. If it is, then I'm obviously following up with a phone call and some other email. But let's take the let's take the example, you know, which you which you pointed out. It's like I'm trying to target the right company. What's the right company? This is always the clue. To me, that's where I spend most of my time. So um we have a size and a fit, we have a revenue target, we have all these other headcount. Uh, geography is important. I mean, pretty much U.S. and, and you, know, you know, Europe, that's where that's where we can cover our clients. That's where we, you know, we operate. Um, so the point is that if I target the right company mm -hmm. and if, if there's certain things happening, you know, what's the size? If it's a 20 person company, is that the right size? If they're growing, I got to see growth. So if they've raised a significant round yeah. or if there's something on the web that says that the revenues have gone up. That becomes a very good target for us. I love it. So target has different dimensions, including the type of company, as well as certain compelling events that may be occurring with those companies. Right, because you can't, in my mind, David, you can't separate those two. 
So that's pretty cool. Vincent talks about having a compelling reason to reach out to the prospect. So for instance, they've raised a round of funding or maybe they've had a new product launch. And in fact, if we talk about our four key steps for proactive prospecting, if targeting is the first step in our process, having a reason to reach out is the second step. Now let's listen as Vincent describes the specific messaging that he uses to reach out to his prospects. I research the person I'm talking to. So for instance, if it's a CEO, I may I might target that email a little bit different than the CMO. And, and what I mean is that his email may focus more on the fact that he raised a round, that he needs growth, that he's hiring, you know, five to 10 new people. He's hiring a bunch of salespeople. Whereas the marketing guy, it may be targeted a little bit more to lead generation, tactical, things going on on their website, you know, providing some tips and value for them to, you know, get interested. And the email is targeted in such creates value. I always like the example you gave me, David. I think it's super um, in the in the software as a service space where, you know, there's certain gurus out there. There's certain people, leaders, evangelists of, of, uh, of, of software as a service that are really interesting to some of these CMOs. In fact, I get comments all the time, people telling me, well, look, we're a traditional company. We sold software as an infrastructure, but we're changing now as software as a service. And so the fact that you provided us a link to that great article is the reason I'm, I'm committed to a meeting and I wanna hear what you have to say. So Vincent tailors his emails, whether he's sending it to the CEO, the CMO, the CFO or someone different. And what Vincent describes he does next is really interesting. It had to do with the link. Did you pick up on it? Let's check it out again, just in case. And so the fact that you provided us a link to that great article is the reason I'm, I'm committed to a meeting and I wanna hear what you have to say. So what Vincent just did is really interesting. He sent out a link with information that was helpful to his prospect. So for instance, if his prospect was in the software as a service business, he may have sent an article from renowned industry expert, David Scott, about how SaaS companies can hire their sales department and scale their business. The article doesn't have to be from Vincent and Penguin Strategies. The fact that Vincent understands what's going on with his prospect and he sends them helpful information is something that almost no one is doing in prospecting attempts. And by doing it, Vincent shows that he's done his homework, he shows that he understands to some extent the prospect's business, and he's setting himself up as a helpful resource. By the way, if you're wondering what Vincent was referencing when he mentioned the information that we had shared with him, he's referring to a proactive prospecting deck with examples as well as a proactive prospecting playbook, which has many more examples, and we are including both of those in the backup information to this episode. By the way, I should mention that adding value, or in other words, being helpful, is the third step in our proactive prospecting process. So targeting is number one, have a reason for calling is number two, and add value is number three. Now let's hear a little bit about how Vincent manages his funnel, what his activity metrics and his targets look like. So Vincent, you were telling me before, which is one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on for this chat today, the number of meetings. So you have a very specific target that you're going after, a good fit for your agency services, and you're generating meetings new opportunities every week. Can you just share with me like what an average is, number of opportunities generated per week or per month, however you measure it? 
Sure, no problem. So when I first came to Kit Penguin, I've been there about three months, uh, we had a challenge of taking the already inbound leads and already lead, already uh, you know prospects in the database and going through those. So I had to whittle it down to the list. And I created a list of maybe four to 500 target companies in our, in our space, right? Then I had to um, create a sequence of emails, of touches, of voicemails, of other communications that were going to you know, generate the meetings that we need. But I have a formula, which is if I'm not making at least 600 to 800 touches a month, okay, and I mean touches, that's attempts. That's not leaving a voicemail for the, in the, uh, you know, in the receptionist's uh, um, voicemail box yeah. or sending it to info. Uh-uh. That means that I've researched and qualified that that email is to that person that they're going to open it because I use it re okay. religiously, Sidekick and all the other tools. Yeah. Yep. So I see a cadence. I dry, I, I, I constantly are driving and arriving at a certain cadence. So let me give you an example. So when I, every week, if I add, let's say, 30 or 40 companies, new companies every week to the database, yeah, I figure that I've got to make at least two or 300 touches, and that's emails, voicemails, Re, uh, social media, reach out, you know, yeah. connections to LinkedIn. I even need to touch people in our company that can get me to that particular prospect and say, you know, uh, introduce me. So I count all those as attempts, right? Yep. So my, my conversion ratio is about, now I'm more than willing to ha to share this with everybody because it's, it's, I think it's, it's pretty good. I don't know. You guys tell me it's, it's uh, quite spectacular, but I can I can convert between thirty and forty percent of those attempts into meetings. So we're looking at about twenty five meetings a month. It's pretty good. So twenty five meetings where you actually schedule to sit down, do exploratory with a target account of yours, whether that lead comes in through inbound or you might source that lead. That's right. Did you catch all that? Vincent sources about thirty or forty new accounts per week, and for those he allots about two hundred or three hundred touches in total. So that's about five to 10 touches per account. For all that effort, which is a lot, he generates five or six qualified appointments per week. One thing to keep in mind is that that's a lot of activity. If you're not a full-time business development director like Vincent is, or even if you are, but you're not generating the same level of activity as Vincent is, that's okay. Even if you're allocating five or 10 hours to prospecting a week, and you can generate one qualified appointment or a couple of qualified appointments, that's really gonna help your agency generate new business and grow. Next, we're gonna hear from Vincent in terms of how he's actually reaching out to folks. So we're gonna get really nitty gritty in terms of some of the scripts, including the email scripts that he's using. Let's listen. So that's really interesting. So Vincent, I'll, I'll put you on the spot if you can remember. So take us through, like if you were reading off one of your emails right now, could you give us like an example of how one of these emails might read with that link that you were alluding to? Um, so so let me let me walk you through uh, maybe an example of a, uh, of a security uh, company, security cloud company that's moved from an infrastructure space to, um, to the cloud, okay? In other okay. words, they have a real need here, here. Why? Because their marketing, their marketing messaging is gonna have to change. They're also gonna have to hire uh, BDR people and salespeople, okay? So if I'm sending it to the VP of sales, I'm gonna talk a lot more about that. So I'm gonna send them an article about how to hire you know, salespeople that 
you know, no sass or, yep. okay? So what traits to look for? So in my email, I'll say, hi, David. Listen, I just got an alert. I just saw on your website, in your career section, that you're hiring new sales engineers. If, it's congrats, you know, that's great. You're growing. Yep. If growth is in your plans for this year, right? You may be interested in this article about, you know, reviewing sales hiring strategies in the, in the SaaS space, okay? Then I, I work further down and say, you know, if that's interesting to you, I've checked out your website and I try to keep this under, you know, under 150, sure. 200. Yep. I mean, that's the other key too, right? I, I've checked out your website and I've got some ideas of how to grow your leads. So there's a connector phrase there, right? Growth, right. leads, etc. Yep. And then I close it out with a call to action, always. So um, I, I always include a call to action. Vincent mentioned a couple things there that I want to call attention to. So the first is he, he mentioned 150 or 200. What he was going after there were the number of words in his email and keeping the email very tight and concise. Now, I don't want to use 150 and 200 as an automatic cutoff. Uh, more so to the point that you want to keep your message as brief as possible while making it as meaningful as possible. Vincent mentioned two other things. One was this idea of a connector phrase, which ties together how you're being helpful to the prospect back to your services. So if you're being helpful to a prospect by offering them an article that talks about hiring for a SaaS company, your connector might be that companies that are often hiring for salespeople are interested in generating more leads to help keep those salespeople happy. I have some ideas for you. And then ending in the other thing that Vincent mentioned, a strong call to action. So something to the effect of, would that be of interest for you, Mr. Prospect? Is there a good time to connect? Uh, is this a timely conversation to have? Something along those lines. And in fact, our call to action is the fourth element of our proactive prospecting. So along with targeting, which was number one, have a good reason to call, which is number two, provide value, which is number three. Number four is have a strong call to action that connects with the rest of your email attempt. Let's pick things up now with Vincent and how he follows up his attempts and puts them together in a sequence so that he can connect with his prospects. And then I don't wait. Okay. I don't wait, David. What do you do? Because waiting is a killer. <laughs> you need to be so, always... So what so do we do? So we need to be proactive. Okay. So we take that sequence. So then, the next sequence, I won't go into it, but there are three sequences that go out in a very okay. timely fashion. And the way I time them out is very specific. I send them one today, one two days later, and two days after that. So okay. if it's over a weekend, it comes, you know, uh, let's say uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Monday, or Tuesday, Thursday, and Monday. But it's perfect because depending on their cadence, right, when they're reading emails, there's there's probably 90% chance that they're going to read one of my emails, yep, right? Yep, I don't yep. stop there. Within 24 hours of the first sequence, I usually make a call because now they have one email. They have the first sequence. If I don't get them on the phone, if I do, then, you know, of course, I ask permission. Yep. Can we speak? Did you get my email? If, they, if I get their voicemail, I usually refer to the voicemail that I left with the same value proposition and ask them to call me back. If not, at the least, I leave them my email address. Why? 
it, it works because my name is my email address, meaning yep. my company name. So it's Vincent at PenguinStrategies.com. So when they go back and they hang up, you know, and they listen to the voicemail, they can check their email, the search. Hopefully it comes up. Hopefully they read it. Hopefully they click on the article. Now then my job starts even more, meaning my next phase. What's my next phase? I start to watch the activity. Yep. Yep. So that was my question, Vince. So you're sending this really, really targeted article that's helpful to someone in your targeted industry. Like what happens? Do they, do people click on the article? Do they email you back? Like what, what happens? Some do and some don't, but I don't stop there. What I look for is a certain activity level. So let me explain. So when I send out the three um, se uh, sequences, right? I look to see how many times they viewed each email. Okay. If they viewed at least once or twice, because sometimes they go back, they're yep. busy, yep. they go back and then they find, they actually find the link and they go download it. I mean, I've had people look at, look at my emails 20 times within 24 hours. So what do I do? I call again. Then I send another email, which involves a bottom, what I call the bottom of the funnel. My last email, not okay. my, my fourth in the, in the, in the chain. It's not really a, in the chain, in the sequence. It's outside it. It's very specific. It says, uh, the subject is uh, performance, lead generation and performance. Yep. And I include a case study. And the case study, and it's very short. It's like, hey, I saw you, you're, you're not using marketing automation. And it's, and you know, would you, would you like to see what we've been able to do with this customer? We delivered, uh, you know, 1200% lead generation growth for this particular customer. Click on this link here. So again, my call to action to get a meeting. If I don't get a meeting, you know, then I probably back to square one deciding, A, do I keep continuing following yep. up? Is it worth my, yep. is there somebody else in the company that I'm missing? A number of things there that I really like that Vincent's doing. He's putting his attempts into a sequence of attempts over time. He's using both email and voicemail. And remember, our reach outs are helpful and value added. Uh, so as to be taken seriously by our prospect. And then finally, he's staying on top of who's actually clicking on his emails, who's reading his emails, who's engaged so he can prioritize them for even uh, more future follow-up. All right, let's get into things with our final question for Vincent. What, uh, what kind of final words do you have to lead us with? I, I would say invest the time and the resources, meaning uh, if you can, uh, yourself, if you're a principal of an agency, then, you know, dedicate 10 hours a week, S spend the time and combine that with some specific uh, goals and milestones. What do you want to get out of that week? In other words, I spent 10 hours a week. Can I get, you know, two or three meetings out of that? Have some realistic goals, but be focused, be disciplined, have a playbook. I mean, have a, have a, um, yeah, a playbook of how you're going to prospect Okay. Obviously, you know, when you get that call, I mean, when you get that meeting booked, you want to take them through the, the next phase of the next steps of the process. But before that, and, 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 you know, in prospecting, I'd say, you know, invest the time, be disciplined and, you know, have fun. So excellent final words of advice from Vincent. Invest the time, be disciplined and have some fun. And we should have some fun while we're prospecting. We're learning about our prospects business, we're aiming to help, and we're growing our agency at the same time. So thanks for joining today. I hope you found this helpful. Again, there's some backup resources to today's session, including the proactive prospecting deck, 
We'll catch you again next time. Happy selling.